the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Don't be shy. We're broadcasting from the basement of the Science Building today. Soon it will be literally from the basement of the Science Building. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, I just noticed one of the funniest mistakes on my website I've got a group that updates my website that's out of country. And uh, they mentioned that I'm on 1220 AM, and they do it 1220 AM as in slightly after midnight. Uh, very, 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 very cute when you see mistakes like that. that has been up there for probably six months, and you're just now seeing it. Oh, my. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, what do we want to talk about today? Let's start with yesterday. Yesterday. Kind of a second thought kind of day. You know, when you first heard Janet Yellen talk, you're like, uh, what is she doing here? Ben Bernanke was very clear that 6.5% unemployment and 2% inflation were like numbers that he was looking at. And then she comes out and she goes, um, maybe not 6.5%. You know, because like the winter numbers were probably better than we thought, but there was cold. And she made us think like, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Uh, she's looking for quality and not necessarily quantitative. Stock market didn't spend a lot of time lamenting the interest rate hike fears that were broadcast far left, far right. It was a broad forecast on Wednesday. And we were over it. Today we open in the stock market at record highs on the S&P 500. That's how long that sell-off lasted. Not long. The S&P 500 is up five. 
The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 59 today. The 10-year Treasury, which is kind of the interesting one for me to watch at this point in time, because it's kind of a fear gauge uh, on the economy. It's kind of sitting steady. 277. Now, again, it didn't sit steady two days ago. It was at 26. And then Chairman Yellen basically said, yeah, things don't look so bad. And it started creeping up a little higher. So anyway, that's what we got today. Okay, taking a look at, so we have a kind of a second thought. Yesterday, rethought the sell-off on Wednesday. Now today, we're moving a little bit higher. There's, it's, it's understandable that we had a big pullback in the stock market for a day, in large part because when monetary policy changes, it changes. And change changes the way we look at the stock market. Higher interest rates are problematic in the sense that you have to borrow more money or you have to pay more money when you borrow from a car to a house to a building for businesses, corporations. So the borrowing costs change. And we live in what's honestly the golden age. We live in nirvana. We live in an ut- a interest rate utopia. So I'm going to want to play um, Afternoons in Utopia by Alphaville because it reminds me of the 1980s and horrible music of utopian studies. Utopias are always like these worlds that are too perfect. Dystopias are worlds that are not perfect at all. And neither one of them actually exist. So, well, maybe in my life, I kind of got a dystopian lifestyle. But you get it, the point. The Dow and the SP 500 made up everything that they lost on Wednesday, on Thursday. And today we're playing with records on the SP 500. The semiconductor index has been, it's at the highest level it's been since 2002. NASDAQ's rocking. Old tech is rocking. When I'm talking old tech, I'm talking like semiconductor chips. I know, you're saying, hmm, I'd like some dip with that chip. Dip your chip in my dip chip. Um, SanDisk. Like, these are names of Microsoft. These are names that are old school tech, not new school tech. The area that we have a bubble in right now is the IPO market. It's crazy. It's ludicrous. It's it's delirious. Or, as Mike Tyson would say, yeah. Um. So, yes, we have some froth in our market, but it's like a, a good cappuccino. The froth is at the top. It's not all the way through. So, yesterday, financial stocks did great. I sent out a stock report yesterday, and I'm going to send out another one next week, on great companies. And two areas that I'm focusing in on right now are old-school tech with valuations and financials. The financials had this stress test result that basically, if not all the banks out there, most banks subjected to the test, they met the federal the federals, the federalities, the federal government's minimum capital ratio. 29 out of 30 banks passed the test. Now, the one that did it is the one that I probably like most, but, again, I like State Street Bank. I like Regions Financial. Huntington Bank shares. I like a lot of the regional banks right now because they don't have Mr. Putin in their business. They don't have Emperor 
Zhang? Who's the emperor of China right now? Is there an emperor of China? Okay. Can I find China on a map? Yes. Do I know if, if China has an emperor? No. My point being is the regional banks don't have to do business internationally to succeed. And the story in America, America, Bruce Springsteen's America, the story in America right now is that it's okay. We actually have some manufacturing coming back to the southeast. Northeast and the west, very resilient. I, I, I don't know what's happened in the middle part of the country. I, I might not be able to find Nebraska on a map. I probably don't know where, what. If you were to show me three stars on Louisiana and say which one's the capital, I, I probably wouldn't know if the capital's in the north part, the central part, or the southern part. So I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Can you? Of course, we all know it's Shreveport, but do we know where Shreveport is? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's not Baton Rouge. It got changed. Back in the Civil War, it got changed from Baton Rouge to Shreveport. And then it flip-flopped again. So anyway, China's Shanghai Composite Index up 2.7% on the hope of additional stimulus. Okay. So we don't care about China because we're buying regional banks and we're, like, we're focusing on that level in the United States. But China's thinking about stimulating again. Their currency had the worst week since 1992. Back, where were you in 1992? Think about that for a second. Think about your hair. You're probably lamenting Nirvana. You're probably thinking Pearl Jam is like, Pearl Jam's better than Nirvana. And who's this, this, this hippy-dippy pop singer, Dave Matthews? Like, whatever. So Chinese currency had a bad week. And this isn't like... American Idol. So you had a bad day. China's currency is a big story. Anyhow, and anyway, no economic data today. So it's a character assessment on the market. We'll talk about this and more. You're listening to Rob Black and your Doleros. I think I'm on vacation in my own head. 800-516-1220. You're listening to AM 1220 KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So this is the Chili's. Music is an important part of my life. Hopefully it's an important part of your life. It helps me relax. It helps me mathematically. Statistics help me to relax. Songs are the ultimate form of math to me. You can't find a beat. That would be tragic. So this song was... I did a national radio show for eight years. I was in, at times, 80 markets, at times 120 markets. This was the marijuana arrow was my rejoiner at the top of the hour. I've heard this song so many times. It's funny, like if you're with me personally and this comes on the radio, I'm like, you're listening to Rob Black Your Money. <laughs> like, ah! 
Music makes crazy associations in your life, doesn't it? I digress. My apologies. This isn't a show about music, as I'm going to be talked to a little bit later this morning by management. You're supposed to talk business, B-I-Z, it's business time. Anyhow, you're listening to AM 1220 KDOW. Little March Madness perspective. Wasn't it great yesterday? Wall Street has a March Madness, too. Not just basketball. When I said, wasn't it great yesterday, did you think basketball or did you think stock market? The NCAA Division I men's and women's basketball tournaments are underway in a run of games spanning two and a half week period that euphemistically is referred to as March Madness. But what we saw on Wednesday and Thursday of the market and then today, I love. The moniker is amongst the best in sport because crazy things do indeed happen during that tournament. You get tournaments with very, very well-educated Harvard players upsetting some people that you're like, I don't know if that college really has academic standards. I'm not going to say anything, but I'm guessing they don't. So it's always fun to watch. The buzzer beaters, the upsets, the bracket busters, the total domination. When you see a team go up like 43-7, to 7, that's fun to watch, as long as you got them in your bracket. And then there's one team, one team only, that carries the Cinderella banner. And that, too, is fun. From an advertiser's perspective, a lot of money goes in this tournament. The most of any tournament in the United States of America. More than the National Football League playoffs. They're the number one. Number three, or they're number two. Number three, baseball or basketball. NBA final tournaments, the whole run there. And then, of course, the NHL comes in way, 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 way last. Hey, don't forget about us. So I want to play favorites by Nate and Schools. But I will play favorites by talking blue chip stocks. United Technologies got an upgrade today. Boeing got a slight downgrade. I like them both. United up big, Boeing down slightly. That's the type of stock market we're up, we're into. Okay, I'll say that again. United Technologies up Big, Boeing down slightly. You get what I'm trying to get at here? This is markets rallying. And the blue chip programs like Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, Connecticut, Tennessee, and Stanford on the women's side. I don't know the women's side of basketball very well, but I don't. Tennessee and Stanford usually do well, right? And Connecticut. So my point being... My point being is that there's blue chips on the stock market. There's blue chips in in March Madness, and there's something to be learned here. There's other schools that are not in the blue chip mix, of course, that have longstanding competitive history, like take a look, for instance, Baylor recently. They've got a huge fan base. They've got, you know, respect their opponents. They've got a national recognition uh, as far as the program goes. You can take a look at Wall Street and stock market the same way you can take a look at March Madness, and I want you to. One of the ways I try to describe your, your stock portfolio is you can't have all tech because then you'd have all these beefy first basemen. And if you have a beefy first baseman playing the shortstop, that ain't going to work terribly well for you. It's not going to look good behind the plate because you can't crouch, crouch down anymore. I almost said the word crotch, and I was like, 
I wonder if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> I'm afraid to be on my own microphone these days. Why are you in my head? So March Madness is not just limited to the NCAA tournaments. It's also very much so tied towards the stock market. It's also tied towards your portfolio. And like the baseball angle that I'm trying to get is you have to have a diversification in your portfolio. You can't have just tech stocks. You have to have tech stocks, financial stocks, retail stocks. You have to have some utilities. You have to have a whole defense stocks. I don't believe in war. You have to have defense stocks that make airplanes then. You have to have something. Defense and aerospace kind of get lumped together. So blue chip companies aren't perfect. I saw Nike, which is one of my favorite, favorite long-term names that if you were to buy today at age 20, I think would do pretty well by the time you get to 60. I don't know if it's going to do well today. I don't know if it's going to do well in a down year. Today they're down 2.66%. All-time high is 80 bucks. You know another blue chip name that we can throw out there? Starbucks. Starbucks recently got rocked because... Oh, no, the price of coffee beans are going up. And then the price of coffee beans went down. But for one day or one week or one month, people were talking about coffee beans. This is the dementia that works on Wall Street. I think you need buying opportunities, in my opinion. Starbucks sticker symbol SDUX. It dipped when they had a coffee bean issue. From $82 down to $72, $68. And that was your buying opportunity. And it's over. It's gone. It's passed. It's like that girl you saw on the subway. She's moved on. You had your chance to say hello, but you didn't. So volatility in the NCAA tournament is the norm. And guess what? Volatility in the stock market's the norm as well. Some speculative excess in certain situations, some misgivings about growth prospects, for sure. Companies aren't perfect. There's disappointments. Duke, which is the most respected program in men's college basketball, hasn't made the NCAA tournament every year. It missed the tournament in 1995, but it's been back every year since. So if you look at yourself as an investor and you see yourself as Duke, yeah, you're going to have some bad years. But you're also going to do very well over time. Only Duke fans, probably North Carolina fans, can recall that 1995 blemish. Otherwise, you're like thinking to yourself, what a great program. Ah. So I own some real estate in Raleigh, close to UNC, close to Duke, close to NC State. Name that college fight song or a theme song, or whatever it is. Anyhow, UNC. We'll take everybody here. We'll be right back. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Have you seen the adorable footage of an orca whale chasing a speedboat? It leaves you awestruck, right? Kind of freaks me out a little bit. Like, I don't want to be near an orca whale. 
I saw the movie Orca, which was fantastic, by the way. One of the opening scenes is the ba- I don't want to say the bad guy, but yeah, I guess he's a bad guy. But his girl from Bo Derek is in a, like a, a, a shanty. I know you're saying, what's a shanty? Isn't that like a cabin on top of a, a, a pier? Yeah, he's in a sh- she's in a shanty. And she's doing things that people do in a shanty. And suddenly the, shant- the, the, the pier's legs start getting weaker because something's, something's going on down there. And instead of getting out of said shanty and getting to dry land, she's like, well, what's going on? And then next thing you know, she's hanging precariously off the shanty. She's about to go into the water. And out of nowhere, an orca whale jumps 100 feet in the air. Not 10 feet in the air. Not 20 feet in the air, which would be an amazing feat. But 100 feet in the air. And he bites her leg off. Like a little, like a little miniature, like a little wee little appetizer just... Nyah! He doesn't eat, bite her in half. No, 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 no. Doesn't eat her whole. No, 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 no. The orca whale decides, I'm just going to bite her leg. <laughs> greatest, one of the greatest movies of all time. As far as impossibly impossible feats. I loved it. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. So you can tell that I'm suffering a little March Madness today, right? And that's fine. I was looking, uh, it's a thing that's going around right now. Um, Sergey Brin's resume from pre-1996. And, you know, he went to the University of Maryland. Like, that, I didn't know that. Math and computer science. Graduate with high honors in math and honors in computer science. Sergey Brin, one of the richest people in the world, tied towards the founding of Google. Um, education at Stanford Computer Science Department. And at this point in time, he had not finished college. Other parts of his resume included publications. So he was able to write about computer science and, and about math and get them published while he was in college. Um, and I think that's important to note. His work experience was nothing in he did a little code analysis and extraction tools. Worked for GE Information Sciences. Worked for a math department at the University of Maryland. So ultimately, while he was in college, he was working either on papers or on, you know, jobs, skill sets, jobs. To me, I see that as practicing what you preach, practicing what you learn, and every one of us should walk away from that as a lesson, that going to college and having a party is, is cute, but going to college and coming away with something applicable and actually applying it, it leads to money. So you know who you are out there. You know that I'm talking to you. Markets are having a nice day. Now, something I'll throw out there, you know, again, a little bit of March Madness reference. Wednesday, we had to deal with Fed Chairman Janet Yellen. And I'll be quite honest with you, any crush that I had on her is over. Because she came across as not terribly well-spoken. She had to think about everything before she said it. Now, I'll play by these rules, because I have to. My stock market history goes from age 20 to 60. I'm not 60 yet. My work experience, I still have more time, and I have to deal with what I have to deal with. 
I'm not in the position to go out and hire a Fed chairman. If Mr. Obama wanted me to, maybe I would try to bring somebody back that I know. Because the demon known is better than the demon unknown. And when she started throwing out these terms like, you know, uh, you know, we're not that worried about winter. We're not that worried about the job market because it's a tough winter. I'm like, ooh, ooh. I want a little more concrete in my Fed chairman's. And she's a little more, you know, let's paint a picture together. Whereas, no, let's get down to business. Tell me what you see in the in the business world. I want some, some statistics. I want quantitative. Anyhow, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. There's a new book about Apple out there, Life After Steve Jobs. I could care less. That's my book review of the new Life After Steve Jobs book. I hope you appreciate that. <laughs> Don't read it. Don't waste your time. Now you know. And there you have it. So Nike's getting some um, cautious guidance, and it's down 3%. Buy. Nike when you can. You buy my, Nike in a down stock market, in a down guidance. You buy Nike in a down quarter. You buy Nike when they have their CEO's head blows up because he's being overtaken by Putin's ESP and sports guys that have kinetic powers of ESP and blows up his brain. That's when you buy the company, when you can, when something bad happens. Should you buy it today if it's at a 52-week high? That's up to you. I'll tell you when I would buy it. You know, do I get a complete discount on weak guidance? No. I get a complete discount in a bear market. People may never wear shoes again. Stock market's down 60% from its all-time highs. That's when you buy Nike. But, and that's when there's no risk. Because you know that people are going to buy shoes, right? Or you think they are. I'm not so sure. But you think they are. When I was a child, we didn't have shoes. And we walked to school in the snow. Right? So that, that was your dad, right? Anyhow, today, consumer staples, energy, financials, industrials, materials, and utilities doing okay. Utilities had a rough day yesterday. And... It's interesting because they had a great day the day before, and it's all tied towards where do we see risk? Where do we see risk of the – where does the 10-year treasury go? When it goes higher, utilities probably go lower. When it goes lower, utilities probably go higher. There's a flight to dividend. So there's a flight of co- the Concords, of course, we all know, but there's a flight to dividends. Consumer discretionary not doing well today. Healthcare and technology not doing well today. The financials went through what I'm going to refer to – as the most boring press release of all time yesterday. It's tied towards the stress test that the Federal Reserve puts on banks. And if any if any young, how shall we say, bleep myself, bleep myself, if any young, can't say it, internal editor on, person found that, that press release scintillating, I would be surprised because it's not scintillating, but to me it is. Semantics down today. The maker of antivirus software fired their CEO. What? That doesn't happen every day. A CEO getting fired? Like, we, we learned yesterday that the CEO of Time Warner and the COO and the CFO and the 
COFPMC of Time Warner. They're all getting like these golden parachutes. Amazing if the deal with Comcast goes through. That we know. We know executives get the golden parachutes. We know it. But a CEO getting fired? Never heard of it. It's rare. It is very, very rare. You're fired. I wonder if they want Donald Trump in just that. Wouldn't that be awesome? If you could just hire Donald Trump to come in and tell people they're fired. Or maybe a lookalike, a Donald Trump lookalike, just to come in. So, yeah, you're playing your music a little bit too long in the show, and we're terribly afraid that we're going to have to pay royalties of six cents. And then in March is Donald Trump. You're fired. That's awesome. S&P 500 up six, the Dow up 90, gold to 1335. You know, gold's actually having a better year than I thought they would have. Because I thought coming into the year that the Federal Reserve was going to basically say, okay, we're going to raise interest rates late 2014, early 2015. The thought of higher interest rates will kill gold because it will equal a higher dollar, and the higher dollar will kill gold. It's a no-brainer. It's the biggest no-brainer since I've heard that commercial so many times, and I don't even know what it's the biggest no-brainer since. Well, it's the biggest no-brainer since mortgage rates have been the slow. No, it's the biggest no-brainer since... The Manchurian. the Manchurian candidate? What's the biggest no-brainer? Anyway, oil sits at $100 a barrel. Dow's up 90. SP 500 up 6. Um, yeah, those are the top stories of the day. So what's going to happen in the stock market this year? We're expecting earnings to start to take place in April. Look at your calendar. It's March. Then three months after April, then three months after that, and then three months after that. And that's what's going to happen this year in the market. The market will ultimately reflect the earnings, in my belief, of corporate America. And corporate America is expected to grow earnings somewhere between 6 and 9%. Thus, we're expecting the stock market to probably grow in the 8 to 12% range, maybe a little less, maybe a little bit more. But that's ultimately it. stock. Biotech stocks are getting crushed today. A little less speculative and a little bit more we like financials and we like tech going on. They've been recent high flyers, so they're selling off. So often they're normal and they're healthy. If you like, you've owned biotechs for one day, you're stressed. If you've owned them for a month, you're doing great. If you've owned them for a year, you're doing fantastic. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Big event coming up 27th of March. You can learn more about it in Santa Clara at robblack.com. You listen to AM 1220 KDOW. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. To Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I do, I do, I do. You and you and you. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black. 800 516 1220. It's 800 516 1220 to get your calls in the air. We have the markets moving higher today. 
And it's nice, and there's a little pause there that played in, but we're not going to read too much into that. The two stock stories that I think are dominant stock stories are Nike, a little bit weaker on foreign currency guidance. That's a buying opportunity for a long-term patient investor. Keep in mind, if the stock market goes down 50% and Nike goes down 50%, I'm going to go, that's a buying opportunity for a long-term patient investor. It's almost like virtual Rob 2.0 has taken over. But you only get so many opportunities to buy Nike at a discount. A 3% discount ain't as good as a 50% discount. But those 50% discounts don't come very often. And what's kind of interesting is, and I wrote about this in my newsletter that I published yesterday. And you can sign up for it at robblack.com. What's kind of interesting is the markets kind of started to tune out Russia and China. China's currency had a bad, bad week. And we're at all-time highs. That's interesting. Are we starting to get a noise, or is that a bubble, or is it a noise filter? United States is targeted Putin with sanctions against a lot of billionaires that know Putin. So the United States imposed sanctions on Russian oil billionaire Gennady Tymchenko. And alleged Putin has a direct financial interest in that company. Guvdo. Gunvo Energy Trading Company. So the United States is kind of like pointing fingers now. And sanctions kind of don't work if not every country plays along. That's the problem with sanctions. So do I expect this to work? It's going to be interesting. Um, Europe has largely made themselves immune to Russia's threats. They've done everything that they can to. As far as, you've heard me say this before, as far as investing in Brazil, Russia, India, and China, I will not take Russia. I will never invest in Russia. Because what Putin did in Crimea isn't the first time he's acted kind of crazy. How about the time he got shirtless and got on top of a horse? That ranks right up there as number number uno. Or how about the time he decided that he didn't like Yucas Oil being a publicly traded Western kind of company in Russia? And he basically shut it down. There's people who do radio shows and TV shows who are like, I love Yucos Oil. I'm like, you're making a mistake. You don't understand that that's, you know, a Russian asset in the end. And it got crushed, and they, they heard a lot of investors with their opinions on how great it was. It was tied to the price of oil at $150 a barrel, and it goes all the way to zero. And they never apologized for that. Kind of nice to hear. Wouldn't you love to hear a radio show or TV show, Jim Cramer, tell you, yeah, I once told you to buy uh, Research in Motion. He once referred to it as one of the four horsemen of the technology He's made so many mistakes. He once called Sears Holdings the next, um, and I love that. He called Sears Holdings the next uh, Berkshire Hathaway. And the only thing that he made a mistake on, it, it's, it's crappy Sears and crappy um, Kmart as a company. And, yes, they had some real estate play because these old department stores had real estate at a time when real estate was a lot cheaper in America. But have you ever heard Jim Cramer say, I apologize, I made a huge mistake. I'm sorry for the farmer who lost his farm, who thought my shtick was cute and, and bought into it. 
Markets are moving higher. So 29 out of America's 30 largest banks passed the Fed's annual stress test. I'm kind of interested on the one who did it. Zion's Bank Corp. I kind of like buying the... It's like picking up the girl who just got dumped by her boyfriend. It's kind of that angle when you buy Zion's Bank Corp. Like, she's weak. This is your moment, Black. You don't have much game. Do it. Do it. Tell her you love her. Tell her she'll be loved. So Bank of America and Morgan Stanley's Tier 1 leverage ratios came in close to the 4% minimum in a severely adverse scenario of massive job loss. So I think you can buy Bank of America, I think you can buy Morgan Stanley. I think you can buy regional banks, I think you can buy national banks. International, a little bit more problematic. The Eurozone current account surplus rose to an all-time high of 25.3 billion euros on an adjusted basis. So Europe doing okay. Remember Greece and Italy and Ireland, Spain and Portugal? Remember that group of five sloppy countries that were all having major problems? Eurozone's getting around it. They're outliving it. So that which does not kill you makes you stronger? Kind of. In the world of the stock market, the U.S.-based stocks, we weren't killed by Europe, and uh, there's enough global economies doing well versus the number of global economies struggling. So we have had a bit of a data dearth. Today, nothing. And that's good. Our, Our little puny heads have been so over stimulated recently, especially by by Chairman Janet Yellen. Turkey blocks Twitter. Turkey is the number one country of um, blocking. I understand that's not a good thing. Well, how do you think North Korea stayed North Korea for so long? Because they don't allow any social media. So the more you block, the more you're able to maintain horrible scenarios. So Twitter's been a key medium for spreading news. So they're trying to shut down Twitter ahead of the national elections. Weird, right? You want to elect someone, you want the people to elect them, but you don't want the people to talk to each other or communicate with each other. And I get it. I get it. If I had power, I'd probably try to keep it as long as I could as well. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. you got a big seminar coming up in Santa Clara, 27th, one week, less than one week from today, on retirement income planning. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. Just now, another kid dropped out of school. There's one every 20 seconds. Over 200 kids an hour. That adds up to nearly 5,000 kids every school day. If we do nothing, 3.5 million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. But there is someone who can change that. And that someone is you. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. So make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because the path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. 
are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Oh, welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show on AM 1220 KDOW. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Don't be shy. Money? Investing? Retirement? What does retirement look like? I have a parent who died long before he got to enjoy retirement. I have a parent who is in retirement who was lucky that her husband had a pension. Because I can assure you, Social Security is not that much money. The question on whether you take Social Security early or late is a big question for all of us. It depends on how much you've saved. It depends on your health. It depends on how long you expect to live. That I can't be a lot of help on. I myself am not the... I'm not on Shape Magazine, you know? If I'm on Muffin Top Magazine, (laughs) I'm not making muffins and I'm on Muffin Top Magazine. I'm working on it. I run 20, 25 miles a week now. It's funny. I get a little flabby during the winter. I, I put it, I cut right back down during the spring and summer. Happens every single year. It just deals with the weather and how much I can run and not run. So um, I'm planning on taking Social Security as late as possible because ultimately I think I'm going to live. I'm optimistic. I guess if you're pessimistic, you take it the first day you can. Some discretionary sector stocks are getting hit today because of the cautious guidance from Nike. And I think that's fair. We as a society are a society of haves and have-nots. We're a society of paychecks. I think the society of paychecks beats up the society of have and have-nots. When I take a look, and you, if you're sitting at home unemployed, you're still getting a paycheck from the government for unemployment. It's not much. Probably not enough to pay for some Nikes. But it's something. So, I look at Nike as a play on the World Cup. I look at Nike as a play on NBA. Dominant, dominant player of making shoes. How much do you think a pair of shoes should cost? Like, if you were to use your head, you'd be like, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Right? How much does a good t-shirt cost? 10 bucks. $10 for a t-shirt, 30 bucks for a pair of shoes. And people pay $150 for Nikes. $160, $200 for LeBron's. Oh, LeBron's way more expensive than Jordan's now. There's technology in LeBron's shoes or sneaks or kicks. Um, Anyhow, 
I, I think my point being is that's why you buy Nike. That's why you buy shares of Nike. You may want to wear your Bobos that cost $1.49. Bobos make your feet feel fine. Your Bobo shoes, they're awesome. But you invest in Nike. The Greek god of war. Goddess of war? God of war? I don't know. Something. Messenger of war? No, Nike was something to do with war. For sure, it was a battle. Yes, yes, yes. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Oh, Greek goddess of shoes. That's it. Greek goddess of shoes. Who knew? Greek goddess who personifies victory. Goddess who personified victory. Wing goddess of victory. The Roman equivalent was Victoria. Oh, I hated that. Do you remember elementary school and learning the difference between Greek gods and Roman gods? Roman gods weren't quite as cool. Okay, maybe they had Zeus. Maybe they had Zeus. But anyway, depending upon the time of various myths, she was described as the daughter of Titan and the goddess of Styx, the sisters of Kratos, Bia and Zealus. Zeal. Bia's force. Oh, I should make a Bia. I should make a website and call it Bia. Or I should make an app and call it Kratos. Because Kratos is, I guess, something Greek for strength. Close companions of Zeus. More of a deity than a god. Just throwing it out there. Anyhow, um, 800-516-1220. Katie Holmes shuts down her fashion line after five years. How does that make you feel? It tells you that some businesses fail. It tells you that if it was going on gangbusters, it, it's maybe you like the company and you, you hear their story and you want to invest in their stock. Just know some companies fail. Katie Holmes and celebrity stylist Ginny Yang knew what happened one day. All businesses are set to fail at some point in time. It's a five-year-old business. They decided that they want to remain good friends and shut down the business. The reason? They've got different lives now than they had five years ago. How about it wasn't selling gangbusters? How about that? We weren't making oodles of money. How about that for a, a truth? Got a big event coming up in Santa Clara, the 27th Thursday of March. So less than a week from today at the Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. I do these workshops, and I, I my intent is to educate you as much as possible. There's some essentials that you have to know about retirement income planning. See, that's the kicker. I want you to make a million dollars, but then I want you to live off a million dollars when you get to retirement. Can you do it? I know people that spend way too much money and can't live off a million dollars when they retire. So they need, probably need $2 million, and I have to allow for that. A million dollars only pays you forty dollars to $60,000 a year till the day you die at 93 or 95. 93 if you're male, 95 if you're a woman. It's not very much money. It's not bad. I mean, some people out there, you live off $40,000, $60,000 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, probably pretty good. You're eating some turkey jerky. You're probably eating some cat jerky, some dog jerky. Forty to $60,000 goes a long way in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Anyhow, um, so Turkey Block's Twitter, there's some French election issues going on out there. Russia's got sanctions, naughty Russia, going against them. China ha- has a weak currency, so people are expecting stimulus to come from them. 
Okay, and what do we need to know about that? More money is going into spending. Is that a bad thing or a good thing on Wall Street? Short term, it's a good thing. So one analyst comes out today and calls Apple an outperform. And he talks about six categories where Apple could create high-growth businesses. Automobiles. They recently rolled out CarPlay, similar to AirPlay for Apple TV. An Apple television product. I was playing with my Apple TV product yesterday, and it is so slick. But it's still not there. So if they make gaming into it, is are they suddenly going against Xbox 360? I don't know. I think Apple TV would appeal to some people in the market as a gaming platform. The iWatch wearables markets, people are still looking for. Mobile payments. Home automation. Why don't they have a thermostat like that other company, Nest, who is owned by Google has? Why don't we have more electronics in our home that monitor security? Like, I want to get a security system for my home, but I keep going, I bet next year they have better technology. And I'm probably going to be robbed in the next year, right? I, oh, by the way, I've got full security at my home with many, many vicious, mean dogs. I did not imply that I had no security. I've got multiple levels of security. In fact, I have a force shield at my home. So Google also has some potential and exclusive media content. They've got a pile of cash. What are they going to do with it? They can get some exclusive content deals. I'd be intrigued by that. Give us Rob Black and your money. Go for a great big event coming up in Santa Clara. Sign up at robblack.com on AM 1220. BDOW. So have you got the goods? AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Lots of problems in the South Bay. In this- Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So we all have bosses that get down on us. Later today, Rob asked me with his bosses probably about this song. Yeah, I heard that song on your show. A boyfriend who looks like a girl. Yeah, that's not really, no, that's not really what we represent here. So, so we all have bosses, right? Whether even if you own your own company, it's your spouse who's your boss, right? I want to talk a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit about March Madness. It is a wonderful time of the year for men and who like sports. And women who like sports. I'm not being biased in any way, shape, or form. When you look at you know the, the Sweet 16, it makes a lot more sense. The Final Four makes a lot more sense than you know ter- the Tournament of 64. When you're like Tournament of 64, you you start it and you who knows what state Creighton's in? Does anyone know what state Creighton's in? And I know some people who have 64 stocks, and that's 64 too many. Oh, not 64 too many, maybe 40 too many. Things make a lot more sense around 20. 
when there's 20 teams left, 16 teams left, when there's eight teams left, it makes a lot more sense. You kind of got to, you've got it figured out. Okay, this is the team that can be clutch. This is the team that has a really deep bench. This is a team that has a star player. Apple has a star player, the iPhone. I want you to start seeing things in your own life in the stock market and not to make the stock market, oh, it's witchcraft. Oh, that President Obama, he's trying to put people in power so they can make taxes off them, and, and Chewbacca is, is, is somehow, some way, some shape, some form involved in stock market. Chewbacca is. <laughs> he's denying any of it. Darn you, Chewie. Um, if there's a hyperdrive, I believe in Chewbacca. But with stock market, I don't get the boogeyman angle. I don't. Again, when there's 64 teams, none of this makes sense. When there's 16 teams, it all starts to fall into place and makes sense. Same thing with your portfolio. You can't have too many stocks. I think you get on companies like 3M, Emerson Electrical, Procter & Gamble, um, Con Edison, a big electric company that pays a dividend. T. Rowe Price on the services side of mutual funds. Most companies have a mutual fund 401k with either T. Rowe Price, Fidelity, Vanguard, or TD Ameritrade. My company's got Wells Fargo. Yay! Now featuring the five-foot-tall basketball team, Wells Fargo. Um, so Kansas is always there, right? And we kind of see some of this. I think there's a lot of selections in the stock market, a lot, a lot like there's a lot of selections in your bracket, which didn't quite work out after one game. After one game, 70% of people were eliminate, eliminated from the Warren Buffett billion-dollar bracket. It took one game. I love that. So I think you can own an S&P 500 fund, but I don't want you to own it all because that's like owning Duke, and they don't win it all every year. They do good. They do good, but they don't win it all. Last year, they won it all. Now, they didn't really, Duke didn't, but the S&P 500 did up 30%. The S&P, the Spider, Dow Jones Industrial Average. Companies like AT&T, Vanguard's Dividend Growth Fund, lovely. These are companies that can do layups, and you typically do okay. Now, you want Creighton? I don't even know what state Creighton's in. Or how about Dayton? Let's go with Dayton because we all know they're in Ohio, right? It's the Dayton Flyers. That to me is like Tesla. Hmm, it's kind of sexy. You want Dayton to win? Well, you're a little bit crazy, and I kind of like that. Tes I love Tesla. I think the company's valuation is too expensive. Compared to the other players in the Sweet 16, do I think they'll grow into it? They could. You know, I want a Tesla. Every, every man that I know wants a Tesla. How's that for a litmus test? Every man I know wants a Tesla. And most men are like, I want a V8 hot rod Camaro. Fire up the Trans Am. We're going to Pittsburgh. But most men are like, I'm actually pretty good with a Tesla. An electric vehicle that you can charge with solar power? No. I want diesel fuels. V16 engine. Under the hood. So, that, again, that's... Eh, I'm, I'm digressing, but that's why Tesla has a chance. 
a very good chance because every guy I know wants a Tesla. Is that fair? On a couple of years, you're going to get those bracket busters, and that happens on Wall Street as well. Sometimes it's year, sometimes it's company-specific, sometimes it's management, sometimes it's discipline. And before I went to break, I talked a little bit about some things that Apple could do really well. And I want to talk about that briefly again. Six areas that they're not in that could really drive them if they get into, because these are multi-billion dollar opportunities, and they're playing with them all. You can create very high growth business in cars, and they rolled out CarPlay, similar to AirPlay. It projects a version of Apple software onto the screens in cars' dashboards. It's key for Apple's ecology and ecosystem. And the ecosystem is really what we're talking about here is how can they spread it from where it is currently in media of what you consume to other areas that you're consuming. I listen to radio in my car. I don't listen to my... I, the whole hooking up a phone and a hard drive to it? No. Television. Apple TV with a gaming system is being what's talked about versus Apple TV with, you know, movies and HBO-style services. They don't seem to be going the way of Amazon and creating content. So maybe they'll make a video game angle of it. Will they release a large screen on HDTV? People are skeptical on it, in large part, correctly so, that TVs don't have a lot of margins. And then if you put technology in a TV and you don't update that software or the hardware that powers it, it gets old kind of fast. The iWatch area, if this is a strong play on health, I think Americans will consume it. If it's, because let's put it this way. If it's play on health, young people who are healthy will consume it. But if it's play on health that can monitor if you're having a heart attack or not, fat people and old people will consume it. Because no one wants to have a heart attack, even if you do have, you know, two Big Macs. Again, way too early to say that. Mobile payments. I'm, I'm ready to give up my wallet. I'm ready to go with just a cell phone as my wallet. I'm ready to give up the plastic inside my wallet. I'm ready. Enable it. iBeacons are what they're working on. Bluetooth-based communication platforms for smartphones indoors. Home automation I want to see happen. But the exclusive media content is the most intriguing because with all that cash, they could buy Beyonce. Think about that for a second. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to AM 1220. WDOW. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Taking a look at the shop and the spare. We are caught up in your love affair, and we'll never be royal. It's the one in our blood. That kind of love just ain't for us. We crave a different kind of buzz. Let me be your ruler. You can call me Queen Bee. And baby, I'll rule. Let me live that fantasy. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. My name 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I would crack the code. Welcome back in. So AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Tell friends. So Semantic has a wild 
play. And let me show you how my brain works. Semantic fires their CEO. Their board fires their CEO. First question is why. And when you start drilling down into it, he was brought in to turn around the company. So analysts are lowering their price targets because they thought he was going to turn around the company with product and ultimately margin improvement. Most of the analysts that I follow saw a 1,000 basis points of margin improvement over the next few years. And enough innovation in product. Okay, first of all, when we're talking semantic, we're all talking like Norton, right? We all know that we're talking some sort of antivirus play. Or that's, what we, that's where we're starting the conversation of what we know about the company and don't know about the company. So when you fire a company's CEO who was brought in to turn around the company and improve the product, what does that tell you? Companies are not turning or the product's not improving. It's not that difficult of a message to read between the lines. Now, there's not a lot of downside in the stock at 18 bucks a share, and it could certainly pop Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If they get the right CEO, absolutely. When will that happen? Maybe not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but you get the idea. They need a permanent CFO. They need a new CFO. No, they need a new CFO and a permanent CEO. Revenue growth and margins, very opaque at this point in time. So I ask you, do you want to invest in a company that doesn't have management, doesn't have leadership right now, or not? Now, again, it's pretty limited downside because it's got a 3% dividend yield for a tech company. That ain't too shabby. And getting Norton off your machine is kind of like getting Psycho Girlfriend to go away. It's difficult. But you can do it. Trust me. Tell her it's not her, but it's you. Tell her you've got a rare Lichtenstein disease, and it's best for everyone. Visa and MasterCard are up today following a court's decision on Fed's ruling on swipe fees. I like Visa, and I like MasterCard, and I like American Express. Does that make me a bad person, that I can't pick one of them? I like the whole group. I had a credit card stolen identity this week. On Wednesday, no, on Tuesday, and by Thursday, I had a card. Businesses pay the fees to banks to cover the cost of offering debit cards. At the instruction of Congress, the Fed in 2011 limited the fees to 21 cents per transaction. Merchants sued, arguing that lawmakers meant for the cap to be lower. But a U.S. appeals court upheld the Federal Reserve's controversial rules for debit card swipe fees on Friday today, reversing the lower keys decision to throw them out. And MasterCard Visa. And I don't even know what that legal jargon means. I'll be honest with you. I just read it and I don't even know what it means. But I know I like MasterCard Visa and American Express. Because I got them all in my wallet. Um, and I use them. Will there come a day that these guys can be usurped? I don't see it. Because they're doing the transaction between bank and bank. They're not, even if you come up with a new group, you're still going to need someone to do a transaction between them. And I can tell you personally, Visa has invested heavily in the competition, in the up-and-comers. They're not stupid. Visa was around when you were a little boy, little girl. American Express, do you remember the Carl Malden commercials? Do you know me? 
Or was it, you don't know me. Do you know who I am? You don't know me. That's not, that's not the American Express commercial. You don't know me. Or the drunk girl, American Express. You don't even know me. That one brought to you by American Express. So Visa MasterCard strings attributed to a court ruling today, and it's rocketing higher. Visa went from up a buck to up six bucks. That's pretty impressive. That's a nice rip. And I've been telling you about Visa on this show, on this station for three years. I've been telling you about it on my show, Rob Black and Your Money, for six years. It's a company that you have to think about. Once they went public, you have to think about it. It was a private company for a long, 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 long time. And you couldn't invest in it. And it, it kind of made you crazy because you wanted to. 800-516-1220, anything you want to talk about, pick up the phone. Give me a call. Come on, people, call me. I need you. Um, so HP decided yesterday that they're going to get into the 3D printing world, which for me, I still don't have a need for a 3D printer, but maybe I do. I don't know. Maybe in my workshop, my laboratory. Maybe I do need a replacement handle for a hammer made from a printer. Probably not. Maybe if my washer goes out. But I don't know. Someone will call and tell me, email me, of course you need a 3D printer. But 3, 3D, Tickersville DDD, and Stratasys, they're now in play. When HP said we're interested in coming into this market and make 3D printers, suddenly the small boys ain't going to muster it because they don't have the sales force that HP has. So maybe they get acquired by an HP or an IBM? I don't know. I, I don't have the answer to that. But the moment the big boys said we're getting in, suddenly there's so much more both risk and potential reward and takeovers. See, the problem with the risk-reward and takeovers is ifs and buts were candy nuts. If HP were to acquire 3D systems, it would acquire them for a premium. And you win as a shareholder of 3D systems. Take some of DDD. But if HP doesn't and decides we're just going to eat their lunch and sell printers for below market costs, then you lose. And that's why they say if his butts were candy and nuts, or what a party would have. So just working with that. Work with that, okay? Send me your send me something. I'm not feeling love right now. I'm feeling very, 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 very vulnerable. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. So this has been an interesting week. This has been March Madness. First with Janet Yellen on on Wednesday, with a market rally yesterday, with a market rally today. We get record highs. Who would have thought with Russian problems, with Chinese problems, with unemployment speak suddenly becoming very confusing on when interest rates move higher or not? A lot of people make financial decisions on, a lot of people are like, I think rates are going to go low, I'm going to wait. I think rates are going to go higher, I'm going to do it now. Same thing happens in corporate America. So indecision or, or lack of precision on communicating it creates an opportunity. It creates volatility. Anyway, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. We have the SP 500 up 9, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 109, gold to 1335 an ounce. Thank you.
Thank you very much. I needed that. The 10-year Treasury sits at 2.76%. Now, basic money 101, when the 10-year Treasury is under three and a quarter, three, it's stressed. It means the economy is stressed. It's not smooth sailing. As it moves higher, borrowing costs go up because it is smooth sailing in the economy. And you, it's at that point in time, things are chugging. And you want a more fair borrowing cost. If things keep chugging and chugging and chugging and chugging, that would create inflation. See, this is the weird thing about inflation. You want a little bit of it, but it is a bad word. You don't want too much of it. Like the cost of a, a premium craft beer, a couple of years ago you could get a six-pack for under six bucks. And it's seven bucks for a six pack, eight bucks for a six pack, nine bucks for a six pack, twelve bucks for a six twelve dollars for a six pack of beer. That's called inflation. So you don't want too much of it. You want just enough that the brewers are making their money. And that they're hiring for new product and they're hiring and that they're paying their mortgages and they're buying cars and you want you want everyone to do okay. Not too good. Unless you're that quote unquote said brewer. So taking a look at the market today. One of the things that we're seeing is Nike is pressuring discretionary spending. One of the reasons you want to own Nike is that they make shoes for 150 bucks, not 30 bucks. One of the reasons you don't want to own Nike is that it's expensive shoes, and they're expensive contracts. And like you look at how much how much they pay in Tiger Woods. What? That's the idea. Like right, you have to see the pros and cons. And the average person, can the average American still afford $200 pair of sneakers? Probably not. Keep in mind, the average person shouldn't be drinking $5 coffee either. The average person's not saving $1,000 for an emergency fund. The average person isn't really thinking about retirement. But they probably do have Nikes. They probably do have Starbucks. So you get the idea on the consumer discretionary, things that it's up to our discretion if we get or not. Not the staples. We got to eat our food, but the consumer discretion play. Quadruple witching today. A little bit of index rebalancing. Biotech weighing on the Nasdaq and on the healthcare sector. Healthcare has been a big, 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 big winner. Financials have been a big, 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 big winner. I think the financial, the recent stress test results, 19 out of 20 of them passed. I think that has a place still left in it. You're listening to me, Rob Black, Rob Black and your money. Stress test pass means they could raise the dividend and do more stock buybacks. to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I'm going to be giving it a speech at next Thursday's retirement income event in Santa Clara at the Marriott. Quick question. Is Marriott with one T or two T's? Two. 
I couldn't stump you, could I? One of the things that I'm going to be talking about are dividend stocks. And you can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's next Thursday. It's $5. All of that goes to charity. I'm not trying to gouge people. I'm not trying to do anything like that. I just, you know what I'm trying to do. So dividends are really key to me, and I'm going to be giving a speech about them. So what I'm doing right now is I'm going through roughly 120, 130 S&P 500 companies that are expected to increase dividends over the next three years. I'm looking for yields, which measure the income that you get versus the stock relative to its price. I want to look for the continuation of a dividend payout. I want to look at the best 25 companies out of 120, out of 130. Not making the list, Coca-Cola, but it's close. Their projected three-year dividend growth is 14.4%. That's pretty attractive. Wall Street rewards that because a lot of people, they don't need their money to make capital appreciation. They need their money to pay them. Cigna is a great company that I would strongly consider, but it doesn't make my list of top. Cigna is expected to grow their dividends projected over the next three years at 14.4%. means business is healthy means you don't have to look at it each and every day. Another one that doesn't quite make my list, but it's good, is family dollar stores. Its yield is 1.8%. Expected to grow its dividend 14.4% over that period of time. It still has enough growth in the stock. Absolutely. The ones that I've mentioned so far, Coca-Cola, Cigna, and Family Dollar, they still have enough in the tank to grow, but at the same time, they're also going to be throwing off some of their cash flow to shareholders. Another stock that I'm looking at to do a little presentation on, I'm going to go over my top five at the event next Thursday. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's the 27th of March. It's got snakes in it. It's from 6.30 to 9. Valero Energy. Valero Energy is going to be tied towards energy prices. They do refining and marketing. And every time I think of Valero, I'm like, Valero, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not sure why. It's not quite Valari. And I don't know why that's in my head. But every time I see Valero, I think that. Do you know that there's no such thing as fine Corinthian leather? Does that not upset you? When Ricardo Montalban was like, this guy has fine Corinthian leather, you're you're being marketed to. There's no such thing as Corinthian leather. So I'm going to go out and invent Corinthian leather, and I'll see you suckers later. (laughs) I'm not coming back to work. If I ever strike it that kind of rich, you're never going to see me again. If I have enough money to buy an island and, and stock it with small people who are all four feet tall, start my own basketball league, then I'm the stud player in. And for the record, I don't even like basketball. But one girlfriend once asked me what I wanted for my birthday, and I hate my birthday. I said, I want a party, a birthday party, where we play basketball. And she's like, I can do that. But I want to play, I want to play basketball on donkeys. So I wanted a donkey basketball game. Let's just say she's not my girlfriend today. <laughs> it's another dividend stock. I hate birthdays. I hate them. Um, Comerica. Comerica falls into my, it's a financial company, and I like, I like financial companies a lot, especially banks. I'm doing a loan right now with a bank, 
and it's not sizable. It's it's it's, it's something. I want some extra cash so I can play with. But when I talk about play, I'm talking about invest in certain businesses. And they're like, you have to get a, a life insurance policy. I'm like, what? I'm Rob Black. Don't you know who I am? Give me the money. And they're like, no, 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 no. Life insurance policy. So if I die and they, you know, my projects go belly up, they still make their money. Kind of fascinating, right? So for basically a a prolonged period before that life insurance test comes up, uh, not drinking, not eating red meat, exercising, running five miles a day. Uh, Bank of New York Mellon, another bank that I like a lot. They're expected to grow their dividend 15.3% each year in the next three years. I think you do very well with that stock. It's a little more broker advisor before they get action. Their stock's been shown. So that's the Rob Black robot. <laughs> Some guys got chiseled abs. I got a robot. <laughs> um, Wyndham Worldwide is not my kind of investment, but part of giving a speech, you have to do a lot of research. You have to look at who's good and not, and you can't be judgmental. It's okay to say dirty words. You can't be judgmental. You can't project your own feelings on other people. But Wyndham Worldwide is kind of a dirty word to me. Like, I don't really like lodging, and I don't know why. As an investor, it makes no sense, but their cash flow is great. Harley-Davidson, that's a play. It's a play. Put yourself on the back of a hog. It's a play. Projected dividend yield right now, or the dividend yield right now is small, 1.2%. But well, they're expected to grow their dividend 16.2% each year for the next three years. That's pretty good. That's a good return of cash flow to shareholders. Key Corp made the list. Morgan Stanley made my list. Their dividend yield is so small at 0.6% but they passed the stress test yesterday. That dividend's going up, baby. Wall Street likes upping of dividends. So if you want my top five, you have to show up at the event. You have to sign up at the event. Come on, it's a good way of supporting me. You don't support me with phone calls. Support me by showing up at the event. You can sign up today at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's in Santa Clara at the Marriott, the Marriott Hotel. Um, thanks for a good week. I wildly appreciate it. And if you don't think I don't love my listeners, I do. Sign up for my event at robblack.com. It's next Thursday, the 27th. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.